once again, it is time for Wrestling With Theology. I am Pastor Doug Minton, here with episode number 62 on this March 4th, 2020. Today we'll be looking at the Apostolic Fathers, particularly 1 Clement chapters 36 through 42, as we continue to go through this great epistle of the Roman Presbyters to the Corinthian congregation. Chapter 36. In this way, beloved, we found our salvation, Jesus Christ, the high priest of our offerings, the guardian and helper of our weakness. On account of him, we look intently to the height of the heavens. Through him we see, as in a mirror, his blameless and most excellent face. Through him the eyes of our hearts have been opened. Through him our foolish and darkened minds spring up into the light. Through him the master of immortal knowledge desired us to taste the brightness of his majesty, which is greater than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name. For thus it is written, The one who makes his angels spirits and his ministers flames of fire. But on his son, thus the master says, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask concerning me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Again he says to him, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Who then are the enemies? those who are wicked and resist his will. Jesus is the foundation of our salvation, Hebrews 12, 2. Being saved, we see Jesus being reflected in the gospel's mirror instead of ourselves. We see ourselves still reflected in the law's mirror, but Jesus offers us the gospel's mirror to see ourselves as being part of him. His blameless and most excellent face is the glory that transforms us into the same image, from one degree of glory to another, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. This transformation opens the eyes of our hearts. It springs God's radiant glory into our foolish and darkened minds, Hebrews 1, 3. It gives us the heavenly gift of receiving His name, which is greater than what has been given to the angels, Hebrews 1, 4, chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, and 1 Peter 2, 9. The promise of this transformation comes through the whole Bible, but most especially through the Psalms. Psalm 2 gives us Jesus' coronation as the King of the universe. Psalm 110 speaks of His ascension and impending return. Psalm 104 promotes Jesus as being the author and means through which the world was created, as also cited in 1 Corinthians 8.6 and Hebrews 2.10. The rebuke of the enemies, also especially in the Psalms, are for those who refuse to believe God's revelation of Himself through Christ. All of creation offers Him praise and points towards His glory. But it is only in Christ that we may know anything about the Father or the Holy Spirit. The enemy's resistance to the Incarnation leads to their destruction. Our acceptance of the Incarnation gives us the promised transformation. We move into chapter 37. Therefore, men and brothers, let us fight with all earnestness in his blameless ordinances. Let us understand those who fight for our rulers, how exactly, how readily, how submissively they accomplish the orders given them. Not all are prefects, nor rulers of thousands, nor rulers of fifty, and so forth, but each in his own station accomplishes the orders given by the king and the rulers. The small cannot be apart from the great, they are blended together. Let us take our body. The head cannot be without the feet, neither the feet without the head. And the useful things are small in the body, 
but everything conspires and unites in one subjection for the salvation of the entire body. As the church militant, we fight according to our station or rank in the church, 1 Corinthians 15, 23. Not everyone has the same rank. We are not given the same orders for our lives, but everyone fights for the Christian faith. Not to add people to the church, but to defend the faith against satanic attacks. This is seen in the example of the body. Not every member of the body has the same rank, but everything must work together to make sure that the whole body works together. The small parts of the body cannot be separated from the great parts. Both need each other to be united for the salvation of the entire body. Romans 12, 4 and 5. The Roman Presbyters move on into chapter 38. Therefore, let our entire body be saved in Christ Jesus, and let each one be subject to his neighbor just as he was set in his grace. Let the strong not neglect the weak. Let the weak not shame the strong. Let the rich supply the poor. Let the poor give thanks to God because he has given him the means by which his wants might be fulfilled again. Let the wise point out his wisdom, not in words, but in good works. Let the one who is lowly in mind not bear witness of himself, but let witness about himself be borne by another. Let not the pure in flesh be boastful, knowing that another is the one who bestows on him the continence. Therefore let us consider, brothers, out of what material we have been made, of what type of grave and darkness our molder and demiurge has brought us into this world, having prepared his good benefits before we were born. Therefore, having all these things from him, we ought in all things to give thanks to him, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The entire body of Christ, the church, is saved through its subjection to Christ and her neighbor. Romans 12, 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 27. And Ephesians 5, 21. In their subjection, the strong do not neglect the weak in their strength. The weak do not shame the strong in their weakness. But the rich supply for the needs of the poor, as was done in the ancient church. Acts 2, 45. Receiving this supply, the poor give thanks to God from whom comes all things. The wise show their wisdom in deeds and not words. The lowly in mind allow the witness of their faith to come from others and not themselves. The pure in flesh boast not in their purity, but they praise God for the gift of continence. Matthew 19.11 God has made us in our individual bodies, but also as the body of Christ. In Him we live and move and have our being, Acts 17.28. We glorify Him in everything we do. Now we move back into how things are going in Corinth, starting in chapter 39. The senseless, those without understanding and foolish and unlearned men jeer and mock us, wishing to exalt themselves in their imaginations. For what power has a mortal? Or what strength has a child of earth? For it is written, There was no form before my eyes, but rather I heard a sound and a voice. Why? Can a mortal be clean before the Lord, or a man be blameless from his works, if according to his servants he is not faithful, and according to his angels he is noted perversity? But the heavens are not clean before him. If he smote those who dwell in houses of clay like a moth, out of which also we ourselves are made out of, and from morning until evening they are no more. Because they were not able to help themselves, they perished. He breathed to them, and they died because they had no wisdom. 
But call out if anyone obeys you, or if some may see the holy angels. For wrath also kills a foolish man, and those who stray seek death. But I have seen fools casting out roots, but immediately their habitation was eaten up. Their sons will be far from salvation. They will be mocked at the gates by inferiors, and there will be no deliverer. For those things which have been prepared, the righteous will eat, and they will not be delivered from evil. The foolishness of those who exalt themselves is the word where we receive the English word moron. This word indicates a physical or intellectual deficiency in animals or men, in their conduct and actions, also in things. The use is predominantly psychological. This weakness may be due to a specific failure in judgment or decision, but a general deficiency of intellectual and spiritual capacities may also be asserted, as defined in the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. These are those who have ears but do not hear, and eyes but do not see, Matthew 13, 15. They are unable to understand what they hear about God through Christ and therefore do not believe. Fools seek to exalt themselves in their own imaginations. They imagine themselves to be greater than they are. But the Roman presbyters remind the Corinthians that mortals have no power of themselves. There is no innate strength in a child of earth. Not even the power to see the Lord as he reveals himself to his creation. Moses reminds the Israelites of God's revelation to Israel at Mount Sinai. Deuteronomy 4.12. The Israelites were unable to see God face to face, but God still revealed himself to them until they begged Moses to intercede between them and God. Deuteronomy 18.16. Because of the sinfulness of man, even heaven is not clean and pure in God's sight. Job 15.15. In man's bid to cleanse himself before God, he becomes his own worst nightmare. Man is unable to help himself, and mankind perishes in their futile attempts. This chapter resembles Eliphaz's speech in Job 4.16-5.5. There is nothing man can do for himself in God's eyes. Everything backfires on him. The Presbyters continue on in chapter 40. Therefore these things being evident to us, and having searched the depths of divine knowledge, we ought to do everything in order which the Master has commanded us to perform them in the appointed times. Concerning the offerings and ministries to be performed, he commanded us not to be rash or disorderly, but to perform them at the appointed times and hours. How and where he wishes them to be performed, he appointed by his fixed will. Likewise, all things will be acceptable and delightful to his will. Therefore, the appointed seasons, having made their offerings, are acceptable and blessed. They will not go wrong following the Master's commands, for to the high priest his own ministries are assigned, and to the priest his own place has been set before him, and to the Levites his own ministries to lay upon. The layman has been given the lay commands. Everything in the church must be done properly and in order. 1 Corinthians 14.40 The offerings and ministries belong to each person in their respected vocation. The appointed seasons run through the church and give rise to the from this first century document into the church year that liturgical churches celebrate today. Everything follows its prescribed course just as everyone follows their own prescribed course, whether high priest, priest, Levite, or layman. In our own congregations, pastor, elder, deacon, layman, each office has its own roles and privileges that are their own and does not infringe on the roles and privileges of the other offices. When the congregation is governed properly according to its appointed seasons, times, and hours, the congregation sees a time of peace. However, 
This is not how we find the congregation in Corinth when the Roman presbyters write. Let's pick up in chapter 41. Let each of us, brothers, in his own order, give thanks to God, being in good conscience, not transgressing the appointed ministry of his rule in seemliness. Brothers, do not in every place offer continual sacrifices or the free will offerings or those concerning sin and trespass, but only in Jerusalem. Even there the offering is not made in every place, but before the temple at the altar. What is offered there is inspected for blemishes by the high priest and the aforementioned ministers. Therefore those who do anything contrary to his will have death for reward. See, brothers, as greater knowledge has been given to us, so much the more we are exposed to danger. As each office in the church has its own roles and privileges, so also worship has its proper place. Worship cannot faithfully happen anywhere. Worship faithfully happens in a space that has been dedicated for that purpose. Worship cannot faithfully happen alone, but worship requires the presence of the pastor and the congregation. Jesus himself says, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Matthew 18, 20. Our worship is inspected for blemishes. The greatest of those blemishes is the absence of other Christians involved in our worship. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Worship anywhere other than in the congregation is blemished and therefore unseemly before God. This does not mean that we necessarily have to have a building in order to worship God properly. Worship can be conducted outside a church building in a personal home, a school, a park, etc. What is necessary for worship to be without blemish is the usage of that place by the congregation. Congregational worship is proper worship of God. And this is what the Roman Presbyters say was given to the Corinthians by Paul and the rest of the apostles as we finish up this afternoon in chapter 42. The apostles evangelized to us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was sent out from God. Therefore Christ is from God and the apostles are from Christ. Therefore both came by God's will in the appointed order. Therefore they went out evangelizing that the kingdom of God is at hand with the full assurance of the Holy Spirit, taking the announcement and being fully assured through our Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection and believing God's word. Therefore, preaching everywhere in country and in city, they appointed their first fruits for bishops and deacons, those who were ready to believe, those who were being proven by the Spirit. And this is not new. For indeed, in every time it has been written concerning bishops and deacons, for thus says the scripture, I will appoint their bishops in righteousness and their deacons in faith. The apostolic sending comes from Christ, who himself was sent by God. John 17, 18, and 20, 21. The apostles spread out through the entire world so that all might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they might know that the kingdom of God was at hand and believe in Christ's death and resurrection for the forgiveness of their sins. In this going, the apostles did not stay in one place forever. They went from place to place, as can be seen from Paul's journeys in Acts 13-21. through 21. While they were preaching in one place, they searched to train men in the fledgling congregations to be bishops and deacons for the congregation in the apostles' absence, as he talks about in 1 Timothy 3.10 and Titus 1.5. This has always been God's modus operandi. When the Israelites took control of the Promised Land, the Levites were spread out through the Promised Land so that every Israelite would have access to a Levite. The Levites were appointed for bishops and deacons throughout the land. They served under the guidance of the high priest. 
Therefore, the congregational structure went from only one place, the tabernacle, to everywhere in the promised land. Everywhere where the people were gathered around the word. This is a wonderful time, especially in this Lenten season, to be able to come and have this podcast with you. I encourage you to continue to listen to not only the Wrestling with Theology episodes, but also the moments of meditation in, on the weekday mornings. Mormon Monday, God willing, will be out on Monday of next week. I just got to finish tweaking the final edits out of it. Be there for, on the Facebook page for majoring in the minors tomorrow morning. And just enjoy the great goodness of being around the Word as two or three are gathered together. May God bless you this week as you wrestle with theology.